Hey everyone, this is Abby Martin. You're listening to the audio version of this episode, which you can watch at youtube.com slash empirefiles. But you can also listen to our new exclusive podcast only at patreon.com slash empirefiles, which makes all our free video content possible. As part of the CIA plan, I was supposed to appear before the press and ask for humanitarian aid to resolve the alleged ungovernability in the country. Then I would become the president of Cuba, recognized by the U.S., a quote-unquote president of change. Then the U.S. would solicit support from international allies who would recognize my provisional government, and that would help end the Cuban Revolution. Remember Juan Guaido, the unknown nobody Venezuelan politician who declared himself president as part of Trump's failed regime change operation? Well, that wasn't the first time it was tried. This is a playbook the U.S. has in its arsenal for several countries targeted for overthrow, including Cuba. This CIA story will help you understand what we're witnessing today in Cuba, where the Biden administration has initiated its own regime change operation using protests to slap more sanctions on the island and saying that delivering democracy is their, quote, top priority. You can't properly see what's happening in Cuba without understanding how the CIA has constantly worked to overthrow the government, possibly more than any other country in the world. We normally don't get to see the inside of these plans, but this story gives us a rare and fascinating window because it comes from one of the agencies top Cuban operatives. In 2004, university professor Raul Capote was recruited by the CIA to help overthrow the Cuban government. But unbeknownst to them, he was a double agent reporting to Cuban intelligence the whole time. For seven years, Raul played the CIA and became their most trusted agent in the country. He was even recruited to be the new president. His story about how he was supposed to come to power has eerie parallels to what began on July 11th, 2021. We've obtained an exclusive interview by our friend Gloria Lariva with the man who conned the CIA and ruined an operation 15 years in the making. They're very similar, the case of Juan Guaido, his self-appointment, what happened before and after. It's similar to the project I worked on for many years, the CIA project directed toward Cuba. It began in 2004, many years in advance of what was supposed to take place. These things were always planned very carefully. The CIA's Project Genesis included the formation of leaders, first selecting them from universities and then organizing and preparing these leaders. It was preparation that would take 10 to 15 years. The Genesis plan was that, at the right time in Cuba, according to the U.S. government's plan, over a period of 10 years, 15 years, when a generational change would take place in Cuba, elections for a new president of the councils of state and ministries, there would be a new generation, 
that the CIA estimated it would take place in 15 years. They figured that Commander-in-Chief Fidel Castro wouldn't be alive or in any condition to lead the country. They also calculated other historical leaders would no longer be around. Another generation of Cubans would be assuming important roles in the country. In this context, these leaders organized over decades through academic exchanges, as has happened with leaders who are created worldwide to back U.S. interests. There are many right-wing leaders, and not just politicians. There are academics, too, those in economics, business people, organized into this project. They make these plans in the U.S. and Europe. Many of them go through CIA leadership courses. In Cuba, they were doing precisely that, preparing leaders for regime change in the country. In this scenario, when elections would take place in Cuba, a new organization was supposed to appear in public, a non-governmental organization, an NGO, to appear on Cuba's scene, a new type of organization to bring change. Fundamentalmente de Cuba y del movimiento San Isidro. A ver. Artistas opositores al gobierno cubano. Los activistas del movimiento San Isidro. Miembros del movimiento San Isidro. Cuban government officials say the whole San Isidro movement is American intervention. Once this group appeared publicly, with the support of the international media, the media in service of world capitalism, a group of actions would begin. Very strong protests in the streets. Thousands of demonstrators spilling into the streets of Cuba this weekend, calling for an end to the 62-year communist regime. Provocations against the authorities. Stones thrown at police. Dumpsters overturned. The essence of the plan in the second phase was create ungovernability in the country chaos. They uh, simply are not hearing the voices and will uh, of the Cuban people. Uh, people deeply, deeply, deeply tired uh, of the repression. This state of chaos would reach a peak point when we would have the opportune scenario to ask for U.S. military intervention a quote-unquote humanitarian intervention to solve the grave problems the country would have. Just like we've liberated other countries, we should liberate Cuba. Cries for help from Cuban Americans rang out Sunday in Sandy Springs, joining Cubans in other American cities who are asking the White House to provide humanitarian assistance. Please, we need help from the American government. We need help from President Biden. We need help from all the congressmen. We need help. The plan was I would become the provisional president, the quote-unquote president of change. At one point, we almost carried out the operation, in 2006. The plan had been ready for years. Then, when Fidel fell ill in 2006, that generated a renewed hope by the U.S. government. They believed the time had come to do away with the Cuban Revolution. And so Genesis moved forward, which had a timetable of 10 years. They said that at that moment, let's put the project into action. 
I went to the U.S. interest section. The CIA station head calls me in with the idea of activating the project. Cuban CIA agent Darcy Ferrer was going to start a protest in Havana. And with the protest, the media would be summoned by the U.S. to create a picture for the entire world. That absolute chaos existed in Cuba. The press would say that there is a bloodbath in Havana, that the security forces were assassinating people, and manufacture an image of Cuba through the news media. As part of the operation, I was to appear before the press and ask for humanitarian aid to resolve the alleged ungovernability. Then I would become the president recognized by the U.S. government. And I was supposed to ask for U.S. military intervention. The U.S. military would intervene in Cuba to, quote-unquote, bring peace. It's interesting, this Cuba project in 2006. I asked the CIA official in charge of the station. I asked him, why me? There's no reason I should be the president. I asked the CIA official in charge of the station. He said, no one knows me as a counter-revolutionary. I'm an academic. I can appear credible in the eyes of the press. I'm a university professor, a requisite for credibility. I asked, why are we announcing this today? He said, it's very necessary for the U.S. to be able to intervene. Cubans must be asking for it. For the U.S. public, the image must be conveyed that it's Cubans asking for U.S. military intervention in the country. I also asked him, why not use traditional counter-revolution? There are counter-revolutionary leaders who would carry it out. He told me, even laughed and said, quote, I can't believe you are even saying such a thing. You know perfectly well they are leaders of nothing, end quote. They did not have any kind of real leadership in the country. I even suggested using the Miami counter-revolutionaries. He said, quote, that's purely a U.S. project, unquote. What happened? It was never completed. Although it was a secret plan, we were really surprised. The coup was supposed to take place on August 13th, Fidel's birthday. But the day before, the Miami media, the Miami radio, Miami TV channels, all began to say that an uprising was about to happen in Cuba. According to our plan, no one was supposed to know. And they began to say that someone in central Havana was prepared to immolate himself for democracy. And they kept using the word, immolate, immolate, immolate. Darcy, who was in charge of the mission, no one told him he would be immolating himself. They were creating the story that someone was going to die, that a crime was going to occur, and of course blame the Cuban government. 
I found out later that Darcy became scared that the CIA was definitely going to kill him or something at that level to serve as a pretext to strengthen what I was going to do, ask for U.S. military intervention. He never carried out his part, causing the plan to fail. The same CIA group that worked with us against Cuba, it included projects against Venezuela. They were very linked. Their program to train leaders included Venezuelans. They traveled many times to Europe to take courses from the CIA to form future leaders in Venezuela. It's a project very similar to what they carried out in Libya against Gaddafi, very similar. I remember those days of Libya and Gaddafi. A Libyan university professor appeared before the European media, saying almost exactly the same thing I was supposed to a year before. That man appeared before the TV cameras. They present him as a university professor, and he asks for NATO to intervene in Libya to put an end to the chaos, the ungovernability that was supposedly happening, if you remember those days. And it is all similar to what they wanted to do in Cuba. Very similar to what they have done in Venezuela, or at least tried in Venezuela, creating an image of chaos. Very similar to what they did in Ukraine. They're even dressed the same. The same kind of homemade weapons. Even the signs, the slogans are very similar because it's the same training, the same instructors. At a certain moment, you were with the CIA agent, and the two of you were watching on TV President Mel Zelaya of Honduras, who had been overthrown in a coup. He was trying to enter the country again. And that CIA agent told you something. Yes, I remember that with great clarity. It was impactful. We were watching on TV what was happening in Honduras. Ousted Honduran President Manuel Zelaya has returned to his country's border and announced plans to set up camp there. Zelaya was removed in a coup a month ago and has been living in exile in neighboring Nicaragua. They announced that Zelaya would try to enter the country. He got very angry when he saw the images. He turned to me and said, quote, you really have to learn from this. They should not have let Zelaya live. We made it clear, don't keep him alive. That was a mistake. When you do something like this, you can't leave anyone alive. I was really impacted by that because he told me he was angry that they had pardoned Zelaya's life. My CIA handler was telling me to remember, for the future, under no circumstances do you leave someone alive who can become a leader in response to a coup. Thank you for listening to our Empire Files podcast. Help keep us independent and ad-free at patreon.com empirefiles. And be sure to catch our newest episodes by subscribing to our YouTube channel.